Welcome to Eavesdrop. My name is Jenny and I am here with my friend Heather. Hello. Hello, Miss Heather. We are excited that you are joining us today. Today's subject is a personal one for us and it is going to be one that is close to us that we have experienced personally. We have many friends, many folks that we know that are going through this. The subject today is divorce. It is one that we have experienced and walked through in our own lives at different times. You actually went through a divorce prior to I did, before I went through my divorce. Yes, mine was final in 2004. It was a different situation. I didn't really know you. I didn't know you going through your divorce mm-hmm. at that time. Um, it was something that you you walked through. We were in different places when the divorce was happening. Um, but I met you. Really, our friendship really, really became... A real friendship. A, a real friendship. More than just we knew each other and smiled and passed and church which we did really well at that of course we did we're eyes well, our personalities are those influencers we know everybody superficially oh absolutely we really don't know what's going on in their world no no and I knew that I did not know everything that was going on in yours when all of your divorce was going on and you had already been let's see my divorce started in 2008 is when mine so you were actually you were finished with yours yours was finalized in 2004 yes you had already been um, going through and walking through as a single mom when I came to you started talking to you about where I was but I hadn't even considered divorce no we probably started talking in 2006 about what was going on in the marriage and and um trying to really work it out to stay married and stay married through all of that it was um it was a hard thing Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's funny. You were the first person that I ever knew close enough that had actually walked through divorce. Yeah. And to know and see and walk through it with you. Did you know a lot of folks that were going through? Or was it a, was it a subject that was, when you went through yours, was it a subject that you could talk about with somebody? Did you have resources to talk about it with folks? Um, I would say that the shame of what I had been going through for so long in my marriage had pretty much isolated me. So before I even filed for divorce, I was pretty alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that was part of what, you know, set me up for a divorce was I felt so isolated and that no one else was going through this and that I couldn't talk about it. And so it was very difficult for me when I went through my divorce. And I think that's one of the things that I learned out of it and that God showed me was that I didn't ever want any woman to ever feel that alone Yeah. again. Um, I, I give this big word picture about the fact that if you're standing in the middle of a room and you make a decision, you've got choices all around you, in front of you, to your right, to your left, and behind you. But every time you make a choice to not decide and to let something happen to you and you settle, it's like you take a step backwards. And eventually you're going to get yourself into a corner. And when you get to a corner, the only decision to make to come out of the corner is a defensive decision. And we all know what happens when we become defensive as women. We don't make the best choices. Right. And for me, that's where I had let myself get was into a corner. And the only way out of that corner was to divorce. Right. And I think that's where, and this is where the subject has come up just to talk about it today. Mm-hmm. We've got, we've got, we know so many folks, so many women, mm-hmm. men too, that have, are in these positions of, do I, do I not? Is there hope? Can a marriage be restored? Even on the other aspect of it where we've experienced friends that they're not going through it, but they don't know how to encourage someone that is. 
a family member that doesn't know how to encourage because they have a great marriage, but yet their own sister, their own mother, their own cousin, however close, they don't know how to encourage. And that feeling when you're walking in it and and you feel like there there is nobody that I can talk to, that isolation, that hope, as you mentioned, throws me into a corner of, I don't know where to go, how to do it. And again, I was in that boat, made worse decisions that affected ultimately where I went mm-hmm. with all of this. Well, and I think that's the problem, you know, for those of us who um, would consider ourselves trying to follow Christ. Yes. The example in the Bible is that we should never encourage divorce. Yes. It, it is um, such a horrible thing in God's eyes that he actually says he hates it. And the reason he hates it is because of what it does to his children. Mm-hmm. It literally, there's a word picture in the Old Testament of um, the word divorce, and it's taking one thing and tearing it into two pieces so that neither one is ever recognizable again. This is why God hates it, because it tears us apart. You know, the Bible says it's a great mystery how um, the two shall come together and be one flesh. Well, that's what happens when you get married. You become this whole new entity. And when you go through a divorce, it literally tears something that is one into two. And it's completely different. And so through a divorce, this is the most gut-wrenching time in a man or a woman's life. Because everything that was is being torn apart. What they think about themselves, what they think about God, what they think about... Their whole self-esteem. Where they are in life, what's going to happen to them financially. Every single thing to the core of their being is being shaken and ripped apart. And so, yes, there's there's a great need for encouragement for that person. Um, But on the same time, you get stuck because do you want to encourage a divorce? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we kind of got to separate those two things real quick in this conversation and say, you know, let's let's focus first on the person. The person that's, that's going, going through, through it. a divorce. Right. And then we'll switch gears at some point in this conversation and we'll say, okay, now we're, we're talking about um, a divorce. Right. The action of a divorce. But those are two separate things. And, you know, in the Bible, it always talks about you got to separate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even God says that he loves the sinner but hates a sin. Right. And, you know, there there are biblical grounds for divorce. And then there are, um, you know, the fact that our states allow no fault divorces and right. many of our states um, allow no fault, which means you can just walk away for any reason, for any reason or, or no whatever. reason. Exactly. Um, and those are two totally different things. So, you know talking about the people, which is the part that you and I love, yeah. it, how do you walk with someone who is going through a divorce? What do you say? Where do you point them? Those are great things to talk about. Well, and then, so let's dive into it. I mean, you and I have been there because that was one of the encouraging things when I came to you and asked you, and I remember sitting out on a, on a, on a sidewalk with you. We were sitting out in the sunshine and I remember talking to you one was, I think, the beauty of it was where we were, too, is you encouraged me, one, to go to Scripture for myself. There wasn't mm-hmm. anybody or anything, anything I could read or anything to say that could tell me which way to go except to focus in on where I was and what God's Word said mm-hmm. on that one. And to find at least the the hope, the strength that I needed to walk through, but ultimately believing where I was, because at the time I hadn't considered divorce it was a possibility. Did I want to go down that road? But I knew that, that you would encourage me that I needed to get myself in a place that was strong for me 
where I knew where I was and what God was telling me, or at least relying on his word to guide me and direct me to where I could make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. It's really important that, you know, if, if you are walking with someone who is considering divorce or divorce has been filed against them or they have filed divorce right. so that that process, you know, is in flux. It is not complete. A divorce is not final until not only have you agreed upon it, but in the state of Alabama, it has sat on a judge's desk for 30 days. Yes. So you've had time to actually walk, walk through, through this it. horrible process, settle everything, Put it in writing, put your signatures on it, and then it has to sit for 30 days so that you actually mull this over and you cannot go into it lightly. And I'm very grateful for that in the state of Alabama. And after that, they put a seal on this decree. And that is when it is official. So that date is your official divorce date. So there's a lot of time in that process for God to do work. There's a lot of time. Here's the problem. So many of us as um, Christians have been taught, don't judge lest ye be judged. Okay, well, mm, way out of context. Right. We also have scriptures that say that if you turn a brother or sister from their sin, you have saved them from the very gates of hell. And let's be honest, sometimes divorce is sin. Oh, And and that is so hard for people to hear. But there comes a point in a marriage when you decide, okay, I'm going to give up this one ship and I'm going to be two. two. And when you go after that two, the longer you walk in a time of being two while still married, it allows you to start looking at that other person because now they're not part of you and you can find a lot of faults and you build up something that you want to be. So that's kind of where we started. Um, when Jenny and I started talking and having these conversations, I wanted to go back to scripture and find Jenny. Mm -hmm. The real Jenny, find her identity, find who she was, her personality and the things that she had to bring to this marriage so that we could rebuild Jenny and build her in a strong foundation before we ever started really talking about her marriage. Yeah. And, you know, for those, as we've talked about, for those that are walking through and you, you made a comment just a few minutes ago about the old saying, you know, judge lest you be judged. Where does it get a point to where you have that right? Because you and I both know there are a lot of folks going, I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to be there to encourage. But that was the beauty of our relationship was Mm -hmm. you were able to speak truth to me. And it wasn't always something that I wanted to hear. It wasn't something that was right as far as I didn't want to hear that it was right. I didn't want to hear truth. I wanted, we find, and I'm going with this, is that where... A lot of times, I think a lot of women do not feel that it's their place, it's their position, it's their purpose mm-hmm. to step in. They just need to walk and handhold. When in reality, we need those people to, that are going to call us out on truth and be hold us accountable and do that. Mm-hmm. What do you say to those that are that that do have that feeling of like I can't get involved? It's not my place. I'm. I, I don't have anything to say to them. I, I It's not my place. I'm not the one that's supposed to be the incur, the one that's walking with them. I'm just going to love on them and be there for them if they need me. Well, not, let's just be honest. Not everybody has a Heather and a Jenny. Well, and, and that's what's so sad because God did not intend for this. He did not intend for people to live these really superficial lives and wave and smile at church and act like everything's okay when on the inside you're dying and you can't wait to get into those doors so that you can close the doors and worship a God that allows you to be broken. But when you come back out of those doors, you have to pretend that it is all well. Oh, to the outside world you do. And so that's, that's sad that people don't have uh, people who will speak truth to them. 
but you will be able to find people. If you're going through a divorce and you are looking for someone who will handhold you all the way to the courthouse, you will find those people. They are very easy to find and they will lovingly talk sweet to you and love on you and massage your pain. And I am not saying that there is anything less about that. But I am saying that there are people who have gone through divorce, who have been saved from a mm-hmm. divorce, mm-hmm. who um, who really care about marriage so much that if you went to them and said, I need your help. I think I'm on the road to a divorce. I, I It's not final, but it's been filed or whatever you are in that situation. You will be able to find people. If you don't know anybody. I want you to go look for a church and walk up to that church or make a phone call to that church and say, look, I am in need. I'm about to go through a divorce. Who do you have that can help me? And walk with me. Mm -hmm. You can ask for referrals to counseling centers. You can ask for referrals of married couples within a church who care about this area and you will be directed. And if there's not someone at that church, they may know somebody. But here's the thing. If you only go at life with the resources that you have and that your husband has or your family even has, you are limiting yourself. Because the Bible tells us that our God has the cattle on a thousand hills. Yeah. And so why not go after what he's got? And there are people out there. You know, I went through a divorce that, um, although I filed for the divorce, never wanted to be divorced. Hated the idea of it. Still to this day, hate the fact that I am divorced and now remarried. Um to a, you know, a wonderful man that God had picked out for me and redeemed so much through him. But I hate that that's a part of my testimony, that I got to a point where I had to be divorced. And so you'll find people, if you look for them, you will find them. And what happens is even the solicitation of someone like that gives them the ability, the power to speak truth to you. And they've got nothing in this. They've got nothing to gain. They've got nothing to lose. So why would they not speak truth? Why would they not stand there and be a physical representation of what the Word of God says in your life? Why would they not stand there and say, let me show you how hard this is going to be. Let me show you what's going to happen. But first and foremost, let me prepare you. Let me get you solid in the Word of God in your identity. Because you got to know who you are before you make any kind of decision like this. Well, and that's... You were really good with me on that. So many times we, I had a lot of friends that would use divorce as an excuse, and I could look at them and be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. well, they got out of a bad situation." And it's yeah. that old saying: "The grass is greener on the oh, other yes, side." Oh, yes, love that one. Yeah, well, that grass has still got to be maintained, cut, weed eated, maintenance, mm-hmm. and all of that, and it's not necessarily greener. And you never know how hard it was for them to walk through, but right. you just see that. Oh, well, they got through it. I can get through it. And again, that's still looking at it through physical eyes. Yes. You know, um, financially, they came out okay. Yeah. Uh, They didn't lose their house. They didn't, you know, their kids are still going to the same school. It's not like they had to take them out of school. Oh, no. They're still there. And and you look at those things, and it's almost like a justification. It is. And and you can justify and rationalize just about anything Mm -hmm. nowadays. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, this world of tolerance that we've developed has really led it to to where you can say, well, that's not okay for me, but it's totally okay for you. And it's not what I want for my children, but you know, for you, it it might be okay. And you just let it go. Well, and that's where you don't, that's not where the truth comes in, the confronting and the, and the being willing to sit there and be like, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk with you as you fight through this, as you work through this. Mm -hmm. And, and we've lost that 
we've lost that. Mm-hmm. There, where did we get to the point where it's scared? We're scared to actually confront somebody. It's not the right thing to do. Yeah, I, I think that's part of that wonderful upbringing that we have that says, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't, don't say, say anything at all. And um, and that's just not the example that we're given. Um, if you really want to love well, you, you have to speak truth. You you have to love them and know that you don't want to have a regret. And as a friend, I don't ever want to regret that God laid something on my heart that I, mm-hmm. I didn't have the courage to say because mm-hmm. I was afraid that you wouldn't love me or approve of me in that little tiny moment in time. Um, it, it is so important that, you know, if you're going to love somebody who's walking through a divorce, you start praying some scripture into your life. Yeah. Um, one of the big ones that I recommend when someone's going to, you know, walk with a friend going through a divorce is Galatians 1.10. And it says, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Yeah. For if I'm seeking the favor of men, I'm no longer seeking the favor of God. And if I'm no longer seeking the favor of God, then I'm not a bond servant of Christ. Right. And why else would you get involved in somebody else's marriage if you're not doing it as a bondservant of Christ? Yeah. So you've got to know that you're going to go in honestly every week and lovingly walk with, pray for, and speak truth to somebody and try to show them that God can redeem, he can restore, and he can solidify a marriage. Mm-hmm. And and when all else gets to the point where that's not happening, either one or both parties are unwilling or unable, mm-hmm. unrepentant, mm-hmm. Um, that's a decision they have to make. I don't think it's ever my place when I'm no. counseling a couple or a, a woman in a divorce situation to ever say, you have my blessing. Right. I, I have never and will never say those words because I know what divorce does personally, and I will never be used as an excuse or a validation that, um, see, even Heather said, yeah. um, because people know how much I hate divorce. It is a horrible thing. And I think that's where the hardest part is, is when we are with friends and they're just going on and on and on about the other. Mm-hmm. And we we can get wrapped up and sucked up into where we feed that. Oh, anyone can. And, and feed you that and be feel like, for them. because you feel their side of it. Mm-hmm. But as, as your words of wisdom have come to me, it takes two to make a marriage, it takes mm-hmm. two to break it. It does. And to encourage the friend to not, and I think that's part of also being that friend, encourages to not get wrapped up and involved in all the stuff, mm-hmm. but to continually guard yourself. Mm-hmm. And as you said, armor yourself with the scripture and the word of God that mm-hmm. before you can walk into and be an encourager to another, you yourself have to be ready. Have to be ready for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about you're the encourager to somebody that's walking through it. Mm-hmm. Being that person that's walking there with them and and being there and walking beside them, loving them, speaking yeah. truth to them. What if you're the one going through it? You used a phrase with me, and it was after I came back to you and told you that I had made the decision to divorce. Mm-hmm. I was going to file. And you made the comment to me that has always, <laughs> always, 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 always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, when I've said it to somebody else, they look at me like blind eyes, deer in the headlights, because they're like, what in the world? Which is the way you looked at me when I said it. <laughs> I said it, but when you came back after I said it, because I knew I had followed through with it. So let me go ahead and tell you what the phrase is. Heather looked at me one day and said, you've got to earn your way out of it. Yes. You've got to earn your way out of it. 
Mm-hmm. And what that meant at the time of through all of that, and that was where she was talking about coming back into finding my identity and who I was and finding and knowing who God had created me at that time. And even that's still a process that's ongoing. But knowing mm-hmm. who I was and where I was and where things were, I had to, as I was that woman contemplating and thinking, I had to be able to do whatever I could. Everything. Everything that I could mm-hmm. to restore and it may not have been just me, but I had to work on Jenny and bring mm-hmm. myself to that table mm-hmm. and do everything I could to do that. So to earn your way out of it mm-hmm. was a powerful statement that you said to me. Yes. You know, so many times people just, I'm fed up. I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs> I love that phrase. I am so done with him. I'm so done with this marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm so done with this situation. This is not the life that I had planned for myself. Oh, why would God ever allow me to be in this? Yeah, this is not There's what God wants for me. Yes. Yeah, oh, yes. This that is was not what one. God wants for me. Well, I'm sorry. What exactly is it that God wants for you? Happiness. Have, yeah. <laughs> Happiness, a good marriage, um, a nice car, my kids to be um, doing well and, and everybody's loving loved our and happy. Family. And yeah, that is not at all what God has brought us here for. He wants first relationship with us. Right. And second, he wants us to become more and more like him. Mm-hmm. And I can't get around all those verses where it talks about that he was a suffering servant. Mm-hmm. So are you suffering in your marriage and are you serving? And oh, that's a pretty much a conversation squelcher. That just stops stops it it right there. It stops it. And so that's why I say that phrase to women when they get to the point where they look at me and they typically say the same phrase. I'm I'm done. done. When they say I'm done, um, I have to say you've got to earn your way out. Mm -hmm. And earning your way out is not um, it's not a bad thing. No, it's not. It's really not. If you have done everything you can to find who you are in Scripture and you've done everything you can to become that person, to become a servant to your husband or to your wife, you know, if it's a man, if if you have done all that you can to be there, it is not hard for you to say, you know what, I'm going to go the full route. I'm going to go through counseling. I'm going to walk through whatever it takes. Um, if my husband is caught in a sin and cannot get out, I will learn how to be married to a person who is addicted to a sin behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I will humble myself as long as it takes yeah. to work through this. And so that's how you earn your way out. You don't just say, I'm done, and the next day you go file. Yeah. You have to realize that, especially if you are both Christians, you are a picture to this world of what Christ and the church have. And so you have an obligation through that covenant to each other and to the world. World. Mm -hmm. And when you say, I am divorcing, you are showing a picture that's no different than what the world can see without Christ. And so you got to know that your, your personal walk is intact. Mm-hmm. That you are not leaving a picture in your children's mind of um, a contradiction that is not biblical. And so it's very important you walk through these steps. And, you know, in our situation, both Jenny and I have children and we had children oh. when we divorced. Yeah. I say point blank, there will come a day where your children will look you in the face mm-hmm. and ask for an explanation. Of and they deserve it. Mm-hmm. They are do that because your choice or your husband's choice to file for divorce will cause grave consequences in their life. Yeah. And may not, it may not ever be financial. It may not ever be um, social. It may not be in their education. But emotionally and spiritually, 
we are adding things into their life that God did not intend. Yeah. There will be abandonment and rejection issues that divorced children walk through that, yes, God will provide for, and yes, he does redeem. But we are putting those there. Mm-hmm. We are choosing. And so you better be ready. Um, do not flippantly go through and say, well, my my state has a no-fault divorce law, and I'm going to use it. I, by gum, I'm done. Yeah. Humbly realize that those children of yours when they become christians are brothers and sisters of yours and they are on an equal playing field and they will come and ask for an answer and and i just want you to be prepared for that and and that's why i kind of walk through this process really long Mm -hmm. with a woman um because i don't want them to be shocked right I, i just don't want them to be shocked when they get to the end of it and you know say the grass is greener over there and then 10 years down the road they got a 17-year-old little boy looking him dead in the face. It doesn't look much like a boy. It looks a whole lot like the man they divorced yeah. and says, why did you leave my father? Yeah. Why? And, ugh. And that's you, where. You better be ready. <laughs> and that's where, that's where I think, that's the hard part where I hear women that are, they're not thinking about their children. Mm-hmm. They're only thinking about. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. How could I, I possibly be asked? Did it, you know. Why would I have? Why would my God yeah. allow me to go through this? How you know this is not right again? But you know they're not thinking about the long impacting mm-hmm. consequences that are happening to our kids and to yeah. our children. And I say that knowing that you know m- my marriage was a six year marriage. My first marriage was a six year marriage, and um, we got pregnant four months in with our first child, and then when my First child was nine months old. We were pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And so um, I had two children, and we were already in trouble. By the time my second child was born, we were at what most people would say is the divorce court door Mm -hmm. by the time my second child was born. And for three years, I begged, borrowed, pled the blood of Christ over it and, and asked, if there was any way that God could take this mm-hmm. problem in our marriage away, that he would. So don't hear me say that you can do this. It's just so easy. It's it, not. It's not. I'm telling you that not every marriage is going to be saved. No. I, it's not possible that every marriage can be saved. But um, God does want every marriage, and he does not want divorce. But there are reasons for divorce. Yes. And do not ever think that you got to stay in a marriage where um, one or both sides are unrepentant, mm-hmm. deliberately sinning against the others, um, where there's abandonment. Yeah. And, you know, in some churches, you'll even hear them say abuse. Yes. If there is consistent abuse. abuse. You know, the church is set up that we would discipline those within you yeah. know, um, yeah. where if a man or a wife is abusing their husband or or wife, um, they would go to the church and they would get help. And the church would rally around that and stop that abuse. Um, but that doesn't happen a lot. So um, some people, when they get to the point of abuse is so horrible um, and the church is not a part of their lives, that can be a reason that they do eventually divorce. So don't hear me say that I am you know, sugarcoating it and saying that, you know, every marriage is going to be saved. I, I don't believe everyone is going to be saved because I do believe that God uses those of us who can't save our marriage. Um, he He breaks us in a yes. way and reshapes yes. us in a way yes. that we pour out 
to those who can be saved. And we have that responsibility. Um, the brokenness that he's allowed is for a reason. Well, and I think that's the beauty of it from even after my divorce. And God has truly redeemed and I've, and walked me in a path and a journey mm-hmm. and gotten me in a place that it's, you know, whether or not, whether or not it was not, it was a choice that I made to do it. Mm-hmm. But looking back now, I can see even where I'm at now that God needed to heal me and get me in a place to where I am, where my identity is even stronger where than I am. But I think there's also the other aspect is we know friends that have divorced. Mm-hmm. And then after a period of time, God has worked in two different lives yes, and has renewed and a new covenant was made. Yes, And that is a wonderful story of hope and redemption and restoration yeah. that has happened. Yeah, I've seen that twice already. I've seen it twice. Um, I've had two separate sets of friends mm-hmm. that went through marriage, and both of them would share that their testimony in their first marriage to each other was that they had a facade. Yes. And what was happening at home was not happening mm-hmm. in public. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, that's that's an easy, slippery sliding slope to divorce is when you start to see you have a, a private and a public life. And so both of these couples would share that as their testimony. And so they both ended up divorced. Um, and I don't say that they went into it lightly. Both no, of them they didn't. earned their way out. They did. Both of them um, did. Both of them ended in divorce. And then God, and my yes. favorite two words in the Bible, but, but God. God saw fit that he would work the story of restoration separately in them. Mm -hmm. They were, both of these couples were so broken that separately he rebuilt and restored them as individuals. Mm -hmm. And because of their love for their children, for their God, for themselves and for each other, God brought them to a place of humility where they would say, I I think I could date you again. Yeah. I, I would like to see if God could. Because they saw that they both had cried out for God. Mm-hmm. And he did it. He did it in both of these marriages. And to date, both of these marriages have made it their life's ministry focus to help other Others. couples mm-hmm. because of the pain that they have gone through. But also because of the great restoration that God can do. So, it's And it's an amazing story, which is a powerful mm-hmm. one to realize that God never gives up. No. He doesn't stop no. pursuing us. And he doesn't stop loving us where we are and what we're going through and what we're doing. No, he constantly wants to shape our character and make us more of a reflection to this world that we are different. And we're different for this world. Well, we've been called. Mm-hmm. We've been called to serve. And as you mm-hmm. said, you know, to suffer and to serve. You know, and that's where going back to the whole where we think it's going to be better, you know, it, it brings me back to the whole, you know, consider it pure joy, oh, yes. all joy when you suffer and you go through trials and persecution. Mm-hmm. Divorce is definitely a trial. Divorce is definitely a persecution that you walk through. And to find that joy in mm-hmm. the middle of it and even be the friend that helps give joy, to show joy, to encourage joy, yeah. it's, it's a tough place to be. Mm-hmm. It's a hard place to be. And I can't imagine what it would be like to go through it without God. You know, that's I have the hard that, part. I, I have that filter, yeah, that assures me that everything I walk through in this life is going to be for His glory and my transformation. So that filter is so thick for me that I, I, my heart breaks 
for a man or a woman who would go through divorce without a relationship with Christ or without it's a Christian loving them through it. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think that's part of us going out and, and loving people. And the only way to love people is to speak truth to people and and be there and, and do it from a place of brokenness. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about where you failed. Mm-hmm. Talk about the things in your life that you have done that have just brought ruin. And so that way they see that you're not talking down to them. You're talking with them about it because you're, you're subject to the exact same things. Well, we're all just a bunch of broken messes Mm -hmm. with all of our stuff and with everything that we've gotten to be real and transparent and honest Yeah, and just, you know, and I think that's the encouragement for a friend that's seeing somebody else to go through it. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the coolest things I had somebody that said to me at that time from there was, I have no idea what you're going through. I have no understanding at all what you're experiencing, but I love you enough to be here with you. Mm-hmm. And then for me on the other side of the woman that was going through it, it was very hard because recognizing that I lost friends. Oh, yes, because- you will. Because that was a hard thing and that learning that and the boundaries and having, I had to learn discernment very, very quickly Mm -hmm. in a very, very tough place. So let's just be honest. If you're walking through it, you will lose friends. Mm -hmm. You will. But God also brings friends to you for this particular time to walk with you, to guide you, to encourage you and to bring hope. But to have those that say to you that were said to me, I don't understand. Mm -mm. I love you enough to tell you that I don't like it, but I don't judge you and I'm willing to walk with you and I will be here with you for whatever you decide to do. Yes. I will be here with you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to turn my back on you. Yes. Because God is that good and he is that powerful. And he is never going to leave us. Even if the divorce is sin, even if it's selfish, even if it is absolutely out of context and has no biblical grounds, if you do that kind of a divorce and later on you come back and you own this and you say, you know what? I really screwed up. Yeah. This was really wrong. Yeah. I was so blinded by my own desires, my own did it, whatever it is. That's how good our God is. Yeah. That he cares more about the fact that, that you aligned with him. Mm-hmm. He will forgive that and he will wash it away. The Bible tells us that as far as the East is from the yeah. West, so yes. are my transgressions. Yeah. Of, and it's anyone of those who are his, you know, um, the Bible is very faithful that it says, blessed is the man whose sin will never be counted against him. So, you know, there is forgiveness for a divorce that you've gone through where it wasn't biblical mm-hmm. and you are a believer. There is forgiveness. There are steps for that. There are great ministries out there all over the country. Oh, yeah. There is a Bible study called Divorce Care. It is Everywhere, you know, in in our town, Mm -hmm. um, Birmingham has about a million people. There are 35 different churches in Birmingham that do divorce care. Go on the websites, Mm -hmm. look up divorce care. It is a great place to start. It will walk through what has happened to you. Even if you don't feel like you're, you know, an in, you know, in the word kind of Christian, it will give you really good sure footing because of what you've just gone through. 
it's all over the country. You don't have to be in Birmingham to get this. You don't it's have to everywhere. be in a major you can find it. metropolitan city. Look for it. You could order it off Amazon, I'm sure, or CBD, the Christian uh, mm-hmm. book distributor. You could order it from there and just do it by yourself. But the power of coming out of isolation when you go through a divorce is going to be a godsend to you. It's going to be freeing. You have got to. You know, the Bible talks about... Um, Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. This mm. is your divorce. Endure the cross. Scorning the shame. That's the Bible part of it. Take the shame off of it. Learn about yourself. Learn about God. Learn about what he can do with this divorce, mm-hmm. the, sh- the shame of it. And it's now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Find out who you are. You are in Christ, and Christ is in you, and and Christ is in God. And somehow that protection that you have will walk you through this. Just don't try to do it alone. No. Find some people. Well, and as, as we begin to kind of wrap up our conversation today, the images that come to my mind, even, even as where we are now, you remarried sweet precious mm-hmm. little one that you've had be from your marriage now that is just beautiful and all of our kids that get together god is a good god mm-hmm. and it has been amazing to watch all of our children mm-hmm. get together yes and form bonds and friendships with mm-hmm. other kids yes that have gone through divorce yes they call themselves the d group the d group and i tell you that is probably one of the most incredible reminders to me how God is a good God, Mm -hmm. how he has taken our children from our sin Mm -hmm. of what we've walked through and to walk and see how God is not only ministering in me and healing me, but he is doing a healing work in -hmm. our children Yes, and providing them with friendships for them to walk along beside Mm -hmm. through all that. And and we can never underestimate that. No. God is setting a stage and our yeah. children's life to masterly weave a showcase of his redemption for this world to see it. And and that is the thing. We have to realize as he sets this stage, he will work it out to where all we have to do is go after their hearts and be honest and open and broken. And that's why I said, earn your way out. Earn your way out. Because that brokenness and that humility and that ability to understand why you did what you did and what the decisions were, good, right, or bad, that's going to make it to where the relationship with your children is going to be that kind of real. And you can answer from the gut, not lying ever. Yeah. But answering, you know, um, developmentally appropriate. Yes. <laughs> Age appropriate. Developmentally. Yes. yes. But you answer those questions and it sets that stage to where they're always looking for God because they don't look at him and go, why did he do this in my, in my family? Right. Why didn't he save my family? Because you are laying that foundation to show that this is part of the journey. Yeah. This is something that he's allowed, and this is something that he's going to use in your life, and he's going to give you all kinds of skill sets to deal. Well, and it's not totally biblical, it's not totally scriptural, but God doesn't waste a single hurt Mm-mm. at all. And he, he never does. Watching it in our own lives where we are today, and watching it in our children's lives, and how they are able to seek out and minister, mm-hmm. even to others that mm-hmm. are walking through it, it's a powerful picture. Yeah. of God's healing love and redemption and restoration in them. And God's going to use this as a part of their testimony, even for us with our friends and our yeah. family members and folks that we're coming in contact with. It's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing sight to see if God's hand at work. Yeah. Yeah. 
So as we wrap up, as we finish our little conversation, what's one last thing you want to give as a hope and encouragement to those that have friends that are walking through it? They are that friend. They are in the middle of it. They are in the process. They are struggling. What's one last hope of a word of encouragement that you would give to them? Oh, oh. my heart just breaks. <laughs> I know. To think that. Um, and, and specifically, I'm saying this, if you are in the middle of it and you are just broken and worn out and do not know what to do, do two things for me. The first is pray. Pray that you would be able to, uh, if you don't have a relationship with God, begin that relationship. Yeah. Um, definitely begin a relationship if you don't have it. Uh, pray that you would be able to see God, hear him, feel him, know that he is in this with you and ask for him to make those decisions for you. Uh, make it abundantly clear. Seek him. Uh, and the second thing is find a friend mm-hmm. or a family member that you know that has in the past spoken truth to you that would go through this with you. Uh, it could be a person at church. It doesn't have to be a biological family member. For me, most of my family lives in a completely different state. So I have chosen for myself a spiritual family. I went to the people in my spiritual family and said, since they were so much closer to me, Mm -hmm. please help me. I've got this going on, this going on, this going on. And I've got to give you all of this junk that you haven't known about for all of this time because I was so afraid to tell you. Tell it. And it's not about the blame and it's not about the shame of it. You just need someone else to help you. Yeah. Just walk with you. Like what Jenny was saying. I I would say pray Mm -hmm. and seek someone to walk through this with you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Don't go at it alone. Ever. No. You're not alone through this. There are. not alone. No, there are folks that are willing to walk with you and be with you and encourage you and love you despite and because of everything that is going on that you've done, that has been done to you. There are people out there that that can show you that love and grace just because God has shown it to them first and has done it in their own lives. Well, thank you for talking about it today. Thanks for being a part of our conversation and eavesdropping with us today. We hope that you will join us again as we delve into another great conversation with me and Heather. Thank you. Bye-bye.